All right, everybody, welcome to the Podcast Dude episode 34. Today, we're talking about how to podcast about visual topics. I'm joined by a guest again, two guests in a row, joined by Garrett Mickley. Garrett, hey, how are you doing, sir? I am doing great. How are you doing? I am really, really fantastic. I've had an excellent week. That's awesome. Much, much, much better than last week. That's even better. Yeah, so I'm going to give you a chance to introduce yourself here just in a couple of seconds, but I want to introduce this topic first. So I've been getting a lot of questions from people asking, hey, how do I podcast about something that's purely visual, like hand lettering? Because, you know, we've got a, we got a ton of hand lettering artists in the community. Uh, or programming. I know a lot of people probably found me through the Shop Talk show, so people that do front-end development. And they're all asking, how do I do podcasts about this stuff? And I think it's a really, really good question. When I started thinking about it, when I started playing this episode, my first initial reaction was, well, there are just some things that you can't do with a podcast. There's some things that, that you can't talk about in a podcast or that you can't teach. But that got me thinking about why I love listening to podcasts so much, why I love podcasts, and what makes them more appealing to me than other mediums like videos or screencasts. So I wanted to make a couple points in this episode. First, podcasts are great. Podcasts are amazing but you can't do everything with them. And two, different people learn best in different mediums. So if you want to reach the most people most effectively, you need to, need to learn how to create different kinds of content. So that's audio, podcasts, video, screencasts, writing, and courses. So that's what we're going to talk about. And I invited you on because you actually started a podcast about learning. I did. It's the Learn to Learn podcast. You can check out the website is learntolearn.club. C-L-U-B as in like club sandwich. And it's, um, it's, about, it's about learning. It's about learning to learn and specifically learning to learn because learning to learn efficiently because it's going to help you be better at not only what you do, but think outside of the box of, that you're used to. Um, for example, if you're a hand letterer, and so you've been doing that your whole life and, you know, you're a successful hand letterer and that's, that's the thing that you do. And you pick up some programming classes. Mm -hmm. It's just going to change the way you approach everything in life because you've now got a different perspective. And um, I, I chose programming specifically for that because programming is very logic oriented. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I, I believe that uh, learning programming specifically really does change the way you think about things because it teaches you how to think a specific way, unless you're the type of person who automatically thinks that way, which I don't think most artists would be. Right. Just, I mean, based on my own experience and the experience of my friends who are also artists, people I've talked to, we don't usually come from uh, that sort of thinking, but learning that sort of thinking has helped me immensely and has definitely helped other people as well. And it helps you, like I said, look at things from a different perspective and you'll be able to solve problems a lot better. And of course, you'll be ahead of your competition who's not out there learning other things and who are focused on just one thing. So that's the Learning to Learn podcast? That's Learn learn to Learn. With learn Garrett to Learn. Lee. Gotcha. Cool. Well, I'm going to let you introduce yourself a little bit more here in a second. And and man, you're kind of selling me on programming, but unfortunately this year I really, really want to focus on doing my course. So I'm going to have to say no to studying programming. That's, that's, it has a special place in my heart, though. I have immense respect for people that do that. Okay, but we're getting on topic. Of time. 
There, no, I disagree. <laughs> I don't think there's enough time. Life is short. All right. Well, this is episode 34. We're talking about how to how to how to podcast about visual topics, or maybe maybe why you shouldn't try to podcast about visual topics, huh? Mm. What do you think about that? Mm, I don't know, man. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the show, anyways. Thanks for coming on today, man. Oh, dude, thanks for having me. I'm honored. Yeah. All right, Garrett. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks, man. Tell me, uh, tell, tell, not just me, but tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, uh, where you live, how old you are, what you do for work and for fun. Cool. Um, my name is Garrett Mickley. I have a podcast called Learn to Learn with Garrett Mickley. Um, I'm 27. I live in Florida. I've been here pretty much my whole life. Pretty great. For my day job, I work in internet marketing. I've been doing internet marketing, mostly specifically SEO, for a little over eight years now. And mm-hmm. I really enjoy it. I have a lot of fun with it. Definitely don't hate my day job. Love the people <laughs> I work with. Um, I think that's that's more than a lot of people can say. That's true. For fun, I like to make music. Uh, also something I've been doing for a very long time. Uh, specifically, I enjoy sound design. So making drum sounds or making synthesizer sounds. And um, I first got started actually with guitar and using guitar effects to make cool sounds. And eventually got into computers and synthesizers. I used to make video games and someday <laughs> I will return to that. Yeah. Um, but that's also a big passion of mine, uh, really just storytelling in general. And I, I prefer video games as my medium to tell the stories, but I like any kind of storytelling. I started off writing short stories when I was old enough to learn how to write, hmm. eventually grew into telling stories through video games. Awesome. Well, and I met you through the Sean West community. Yep. 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 And uh, it's since I knew you started a podcast recently about learning, when I when I was writing the outline for this episode, I realized that this episode is actually kind of about learning in the way that different people learn. So, of course, since you're curating about, you know, you're, you're talking about making your podcast about learning in the community chat, I realized, hey, I should have Garrett on the show. Awesome. So, so that's, uh, yeah, so let's, let's get into it, man. So how do I podcast about visual topics? So as I said in the pre-show, as I, as I was thinking about this question, I started thinking about why I love podcasting so much. And I like videos and screencasts a lot too, but they don't hold the same place in my heart at, like podcasting does. And this, this got me thinking about the three different types of learners. And I think people have probably heard of this before, but three different types of learners. You got auditory learners, visual learners, and kinesthetic learners. And I have to be honest, I, I had to look up how to pronounce that. <laughs> You did, you did it right. You did it right. Kinesthetic. You got it right. Yeah. So, so if you've never heard of this before, it's the idea that people have different optimal modes of learning. Some people learn most effectively by listening. Some people learn best by seeing. And some people learn best by doing. And then there's, I think there's a fourth one that's like reading and writing. There, well, the there's a lot of the, different. There's, kind of- yeah, there's actually a whole bunch and it all depends on different people's philosophies and none of them have ever been confirmed True. Um, and there's some that just like the, it'll be, it'll be like 10 different things that you, <laughs> and, but what I noticed was that they all kind of come back to the same three. It's just yeah. that they get super specific. 
Okay, so, I got you. Like, but I, we don't need to get that specific. Yeah, no. I, I usually lump reading and writing um, sort of in between visual and kinesthetic because it's re- reading and writing are definitely visual, but mm-hmm. they're a little bit more interactive too because yeah. you have, you know, it's, it's easy to space out when you're listening to something or watching something. I find it more difficult to space out when you're reading something. And if yep. you do, you tend to just go back and read it again. Whereas a lot of times, I, I mean, at least for me, when I space out watching something, I, I won't necessarily go back and rewatch that part. I'll just try to get the context later from finishing the video or whatever. So um, I, I don't, I don't really think reading and writing deserves to be under its own spot because it's, it's kind it's, of, yeah, you're right. It's you know, tied in with kinesthetic and, and visual. Yeah. So, so if I had to guess about my optimal learning style, I, I think it, I'm dominated by uh, auditory, mm-hmm. so audio, and then also reading or visual, and then probably kinesthetic would be the weakest. Right. So I learn, like when I'm trying to learn, I'll go first for podcasts and other forms of audio, but then also books or videos if I can't, if I can't learn what I need to learn through audio. And uh, what about you? I am the exact opposite. I <laughs> I am mostly kinesthetic, and then visual second, and audio auditory third. So, so this is yeah. So this is really cool because I'm getting I'm going to get a different perspective on uh, on the question. Yeah. So so this whole audio thing, audio learning for me, this isn't this isn't just true for things you know like if I'm trying to learn about podcasting or writing or audio engineering or that kind of stuff. This also applies to music. I, I actually learned how to play drums by listening to music and, uh, and, and hearing the sounds that the drummers were making and, you know, the way they structured the beats and the fills they did and the feel. That's actually how I learned how to play drums, which is kind of strange, you know, not that strange, but like, that's how I learned. That's how I learned best. So, which brings me to my first point. Podcasts are best suited for auditory learners. So I had a hypothesis. It's that the majority of people who are attracted to listening to podcasts, who seek them out, they're primarily auditory learners. Yeah, so definitely. Learn, so listening to someone talk about a topic or a skill is how they learn and really absorb that knowledge. For example, if I was talking with someone who wanted to learn how to set up a microphone and record an audio track on their computer, I could describe that process step by step to them. And if I did a good enough job and that person was an auditory learner, that would be more than enough for them to be able to go and accomplish that task. But let's say that person is more like you or more of a visual learner. They'd rather see a video of me doing it. And if that person is a kinesthetic learner, they would want a hands-on workshop where I walk them through and let them do the process, you know, step by step, and they do all the steps themselves. So to answer the question that uh, I posed at the beginning of the show, some things just can't be audio only. Podcasts can only teach so much. If you, want to, if you want to be a programmer, you can listen to people talk about coding forever, but at some point you need to sit down and learn the tools. You need to write some code. If you want to be a painter, you can listen to people talk about the tools they use, how they think about color and composition, or how they choose subjects. But at some point you have to actually buy a paintbrush and start painting if you want to get better. So I would say focus on what you can teach in a podcast instead of what you can't. Yeah, you should definitely start a podcast if you can. And if what you want to talk about is not necessarily something that can be audio only, then there's a lot of different things you can do, um, oh, which, yeah. which I think we're going to get to. 
Um, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but there's definitely, um, I, I don't think that there's a reason to not have a podcast with whatever it is you're doing that can coincide with everything else. Yeah. You know what? Actually, let's, let's jump ahead a little bit. Let's, we're, I have this later in the outline, but let's talk about examples of people podcasting about what other, most people would think is a visual topic. You know, we, starting off, we got our very own Sean McCabe. You guys listening live in the chat know who I'm talking about. Sean West podcast. He does uh, so many, Garrett, so many people still think of him as the lettering guy. Right. I, like, I know. How do you do a- I, Every once in a while, I see something on Twitter, someone tweeting at him, and they're like, wait, you do business talks too? Ah, uh, when, he, when he started, people were just like, how do you do a podcast about lettering? Well, <laughs> right. Sean made Sean made a living about lettering, and yeah, he teaches lettering in a, in other mediums. But he started a podcast about all the other stuff. So this is his list of of uh, what he describes the topics that he talks about: client work, pricing, professionalism, content marketing, email marketing, hiring courses, motivation, scaling, sales, perfectionism, discipline, building an audience, public speaking, writing conferences, day jobs, the no debt mentality, goals, failure, success, and so so much more dang <laughs> it's a lot of things it is a lot it's of a things. lot of things but you, but he's not he's not thinking like okay how do i do a podcast about hand lettering because i can't i can't describe the way that i i push the you know the pen across the page or you know, he could talk about the tools he uses and that stuff but he's thinking about what he can share what he can teach in an audio form so that's what you got to focus on if you're going to do a podcast focus on what you can teach Think about all the experiences you've had. Can you share one that will be valuable for your audience? You know, what would you tell your past self, the, the, the you that was just getting started five years ago or three years ago, whatever it was, what advice would you give that person? You know, do you have any stories related to work or something that's happened in your life? You know, something that made you happy, something that made you sad, something that went right, something that went wrong. What kind of stories can you tell that would help somebody else? And then what questions would you have asked when you were first starting out? Go back, go back and think about where you were. What did you want to know? What kind of content do you wish that you had access to back then? Make that content for people. What about you, Garrett? Yeah, there, there, well, there's definitely, um, I was thinking about like, uh, well, for two things. One, right off of what you just said um, about things that you don't know or things that you wish you knew five years ago or when you first got started or things that you remember not knowing one big thing I think that confuses a lot of people and especially makes uh, new people to a, a subject really embarrassed to ask is lingo. Um, like, let's say mm. you go to a conference and you've only been doing something for six months and you hear these people using all this lingo that you don't know. It's, it is difficult to just be like, hey, what does that word mean? You know, like it's it's a kind of embarrassing for some no, people true. Who, who aren't, you know, comfortable with admitting that they don't know or or just like that they they're afraid that maybe that's such a simple basic thing that these people are going to make fun of them and chances are these people will not they will absolutely help you out but it's still kind of a nerve-wracking thing for some people and that's totally understandable so definitely one thing that can easily be talked about is these lingo things so if you know i i can't I don't know of a good example, but you know, like if we were talking about music stuff and we started yeah. say like if you, you we, let's say we had a podcast about you know, uh, podcasting like this one. Hey, and it's, one. yeah. And it's like, okay, well, one thing that you can do to help out your audio is add a compressor. Someone who's brand new is not going to know what a compressor is. So yep. that's like a thing that you could be like, okay, so well, compressor, first of all, is this, that, and it does that. And 
so on and so forth. And you can get into that. And that's something that you don't need to show somebody a compressor to tell them what a compressor is and what it does and how it works. Not, not necessarily. Yeah. And I'll take it a step further. Like I'm so, I'm so deep into audio now that I say, Hey, you know, you got to use these plugins on your, on your tracks, EQ compression. And people are like, there are people who don't even know what plugins are. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, you know, a plugin is just, uh, it's uh <laughs> what is it how do i describe this oh it's it's a thing that you run inside of your daw and they're just like what's a daw yeah I'm like oh oh gosh <laughs> oh gosh i gotta uh <laughs> you know so there's there's a lot of things and and yeah some things it, some things do work better like i can tell you how to use an eq but it actually is a lot more effective if i can show you how to use the the eq plugin that is in the program you're actually using you know like GarageBand or logic or audacity or audition yeah, definitely. And we're going to talk more about that in a second. So yeah, that that's a great point, man. Think the lingo. Yeah, I need, I, that, to, do, I need to do more shows about lingo. Lingo, I think lingo is really important that everybody knows these terms because, like I said, it's just. I, I mean, for me at least, anyway. It's I, I'm used to always be embarrassed to ask, like, what does that mean? But that's kind of ridiculous, and you shouldn't be. But if you are, that's okay, and it's understandable. And hopefully someone out there has a podcast for you. I like it. I like it. So yeah, lingo's great. You know, some other examples, what tools do people need to know about? You know, if you're if you want to do a podcast about making video games, you know, what what apps are you using? Right, exactly. Yeah. As I had that down too, uh, equipment and tools. Like if yep. but you have one episode, I forget which one it is, but you have an episode that's about all of well, you have two about equipment. <laughs> one of the more more recent ones for on a budget. And then yep, the one 30, before episode that. 32, the podcastu.com slash 32 yes. podcasting on a budget. It's my revised, um, equipment guide. Okay. So that's the one we should be sending people to. Um, yeah, it's a great guide and your original one was great too. And that helped me a lot, uh, when I was getting started with mine. So I would definitely recommend anyone who wants to do a podcast to talk about the equipment and tools that they use. Yep. That's cause it's important. Uh, and then, you know, maybe if you're if you're doing something like programming or web design or hand lettering, you talk about how you got started in your first project, you know, how you got your first client, how you did your first real work. Yeah, definitely. Definitely touch on stuff that's um, that's more the business end of things if you are doing or, you know, if you're selling like, let's say you're a musician and you're selling albums. How did you get people to buy your first album? Talk mm. about that. Um, yep. Because there's plenty of musicians out there who are trying to get their first album sold still. Yep. So, and that's great. Um, and then, you know, something else, tell people where they should be focusing their attention. Because I think that's that's really hard. And and this is all coming from a place of you teaching everything that you know and sharing everything that you've learned about. So whatever it is you're passionate about, if you're doing a podcast about that, these are some questions that I hope will help you find topics for things to podcast about. So... Yeah, there's there's a lot of things. Let's go ahead. I had some more notes here on like other other topics, but I've done shows about finding topics before. And Sean McCabe did a, a fantastic PDF document, a whole episode about was it sixty two things that you could podcast about that? Um, so I don't. Yeah, sixty something. It's sixty it's, something. It's huge and it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I'll link to that in the show notes, which you can find at thepodcastdude.com slash thirty four. But it, I don't think we need to go any further into that. There's tons of topics. So. One thing I, I do want to stress that is you need to know what your audience is interested in. So you have to start by defining your audience and 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 try to think about what they want to learn about. If you haven't defined your audience, you need to start by doing that. 
So you also need to be engaged with people in your industry or niche. You need to have conversations, find out what your audience or you know potential audience members are struggling with, what they're interested in. So read forums, talk to people on Twitter, ask questions. And if you can write a response to someone's question, then you, or if you can talk to somebody about a topic for a few minutes, then you can do a podcast about that. Yeah, um, that was actually another thing um, I was thinking was if, you know, like, let's say you're a letterer or a photographer and you want to do podcast on that or something else programming, like you said, something that's that's very much based on showing. Um, mm-hmm. Think about when you go out into the world and let's say you get introduced to somebody else and you talk to them about, you know, your thing. How, I mean, how do you talk about it in the real world when you don't have visuals to show people? Like you still do. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. So think about the kinds of things that you would talk about to someone or you think back of times that you have talked to someone about it. And those are all things that you can build podcasts out of because obviously you did that. You you know, you had a conversation with someone without having any visuals available. So those are all things that you can include into episodes. Good, good stuff, man. Okay, so let's move on to the, my next point. Start creating content in other mediums to reach a wider audience. So you and you kind of you kind of brought this up, I think, or you expanded on it in some really interesting ways. So I want to talk to you about it. But uh, there are going to be some topics that you can't effectively teach in a podcast. I think we established that. For example, I, earlier I talked about how I I couldn't really teach EQ and compression that effectively in audio form. I can talk about the ideas behind each of those and the settings that I use in my software, but it makes far more sense when you see that in a screencast. So you can't teach everything in audio form, and you shouldn't try. You need to learn how to produce other kinds of content like videos, screencasts, books, online courses, and in-person workshops, because what this will do is it's going to reach those people who are not primarily auditory learners. It's going to reach the other people in your audience. Yeah, definitely. Um, there was a couple questions in the chat that actually asked specifically about this, uh, where some people said, I remember Emily was one of them. Um, I think Brooks was one of them. They, you know, they asked about, well, if, if I want to do this, should I do video instead? Or, you know, I, I would say if you can do both, absolutely do both and right. teach them, teach what you can in each that is going to be best to that medium because there are you know, like we, the way we started off talking about kinesthetic learners and auditory learners and visual learners. If you're only reaching out to the auditory learners through a podcast, or you're only reaching out to the visual learners through uh, YouTube videos or courses or um, kinesthetic learners more through courses, I guess um, mm-hmm. you're, you're missing out on potential audience and helping more people because you're only focusing on certain learning types. And that, that was like a big mistake that I made that I'm just now correcting. Luckily, only two months in. So I don't have to go back and make videos for every single podcast episode from a year, just only uh, seven episodes. But going back and making videos for my podcasts um, is, I think, going to be huge because I have I, I didn't realize it until a friend pointed it out that she was just like, hey, I'm not really an auditory learner, so I don't really want to listen to your podcast. So conveniently, I was like, hey, go to the website. There's show notes. And then she said, well, it would be cool if there was a video with like PowerPoints with key uh, points of what you're talking about at that point in time. And I thought, that's brilliant. 
So there's definitely things you can do to reach all the different uh, mediums that you, or as many different mediums as you can. To reach, to reach them, the, you know, the most potential audience. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's big for me. And, and I have to confess that I'm, I haven't been thinking about that because I focus so much on podcasting and how much I love podcasting and listening to podcasts. So that's been kind of my primary, primary thing. And yeah, I do extensive show notes, but talking to you about this the other day when we were preparing for this episode really, really made the importance of, you know, good show notes kind of, it's, it really sunk that in for me. It was like, oh, wow, there are people out there who maybe don't care about ever listening to me talk on this podcast, but they could get tremendous value if I do the show notes in a way that, you know, either tells a story or just is a really good blog post that they can read through and they can follow the links and they can really get it. So that's valuable. That's hugely valuable. But then also things like video. I've done screencasts, uh, not, not nearly as many as I've done podcast episodes, but I should do more. I'm planning on doing more. And even just like, even just videos of me talking about the content I've done previously, repurposing my podcast content into just a talking head video. There are people out there that would watch that instead of sitting down and listening to my podcast. And I'm, I'm, I'm screwing myself out of that audience. <laughs> I'm missing out on that because I'm not doing it. Yeah, definitely. And it's, um, you know, it's, I think it's one of those things that, like you said, you were focused on podcasting and podcasting is something that you're all about. And even surprising for me, or at least surprising myself from about myself, um, is that I'm not an auditory learner, but I was so focused on the podcast that I totally overlooked people like me who need something, you know, more visual or, you know, I, I mean, I had, I had the show notes from day one because I knew that I'm more likely to go read something than I am to listen to a podcast, but mm -hmm. the videos just totally never, it never even occurred to me. And I just immediately was like, oh my gosh, why didn't I think of this? Right. Well, you know, one thing at a time, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's, that's definitely important though. One thing at a time, because you don't want to commit to starting a podcast and then say, oh, I want to make sure that I have videos for people who need video and all this and then burn yourself out and not be able to consistently produce, you know, a solid podcast and videos. It's it's not worth, if you can only do one thing at a time right now, it's definitely worth getting started with that one thing and then going back later and repurposing the content in the future. Yeah, yeah I'll second that. All these things are going to be an investment of time to learn how to do, you know, podcasting, big investment of time if you want to learn how to do it right. Uh, screencasting, you, there's, you got to learn the tools, you know, you got to learn about, you know, QuickTime, you got to learn about editing. I, there's an app, uh, just for some practical tips, there's an app that I use for screencasting called ScreenFlow. Yeah. I think it's ScreenFlow 5 now. Yeah, 5 it's, just came uh, out. I think it's what, a hundred bucks? Um, yeah, somewhere around there. It's, it's worth somewhere it. Around it's that. so worth it. Right. It's an investment, but it's it's worth it. So if and you know, if you want to do that, you gotta sit down and spend a weekend or two and, and practice and you gotta record some screencasts and it'll be slow for a while, but you'll get better at it the more you do it. Same with same with videos, you know, you you gotta buy a video, you gotta you could use your iPhone, especially the newer iPhones, they're so good, but then you gotta you gotta learn how to edit them and all that stuff. And if you're you know, if you wanna learn more about doing video, I would suggest people follow Caleb Logic. He's a DIY video guy, and he puts out a lot of really great, both free and uh, free free tutorials and paid courses about making video, kind of not necessarily on a budget, but just the the DIY method. 
That's cool. I'm gonna have to check him out. I want to get more into video stuff. So, that, really, you haven't, you haven't I've, seen. Uh, I'm, I've, I've seen some of the free ones, but I haven't like really checked out the paid courses. And that, oh, uh, you I, like the courses, I, right? I, I, be, I believe that you get what you pay for, and mm-hmm. I'm appreciative of free videos like he does and, and other free stuff. But I know that the value I'm gonna get back from the courses, buying his courses, is gonna be you know tenfold. Gotcha. Well, okay. Since so, since you really, really love courses, I like courses a lot too. But I'm kind of uh, we need to talk about that. I'm kind of focused <laughs> on doing my own. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying. I have a lot of courses that I have not finished. Right. Oh, just dude. kind of sitting on my computer or online. Man, I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But since <laughs> that stresses me out, man. So I've I've spent more money on courses than I have probably any other one thing, except for probably pizza. <laughs> Well, maybe we can do another episode about f- finishing what you start, yeah, but right. <laughs> that's a show for another day. Yeah. Uh, hey, tell uh, tell the audience I've got I've got some notes here about courses and workshops. So do you want to do you want to walk them through that or talk about that? Cor- courses are specifically important to one third of your learning population, which would be the kinesthetic learners. Um, yeah. So for people who need to have a hands on sort of situation, courses are good for hands on because. They generally are slowly walking you through a process step by step from start to finish. And it's not like, like YouTube videos are cool. And the thing about those are most people, when they make YouTube videos, it's just like today, I'm going to make a YouTube video on this. And then tomorrow I'm going to make a YouTube video on that. Whereas a course is extremely structured and anybody who's taking a course is going to appreciate that. Whether you're a kinesthetic learner, a visual learner, or an auditory learner. Having the structure of a course is just like really paramount to helping with learning. And so I I highly recommend courses for anything, you know, like I know that Sean's got his learn lettering course and um, I have the the free version of that and went through some of that and just, you know, like learn lettering is not really something I am particularly interested in pursuing, but I definitely will be buying the course just to learn how to do it just because it's interesting. And I'm sure that there's something I could gain from that um especially the end of his course where he talks more about the creative business stuff oh that Um, business stuff is so good dude yeah and i see i don't have access to that and i know i could use it so i'm definitely going to pick up that course or you know maybe another course in the future that talks about that stuff and then um you being that i'm doing podcasting when you do your course that's going to be a huge game changer for me i'm sure so i'm really excited for your course so you should hurry up and finish it (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, dude. I, I'm I'm actually making progress on it. I had yet another conversation with Sean about it this weekend. Awesome. Or uh, la- I think it was last weekend, a couple weeks ago, whatever. But I decided on the title. I just it, it. I'm not quite ready to talk about it because I want to get the landing page up first, so people can go and sign up and get notified. And I haven't done that yet. Yeah, working definitely. on it. That'll be in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, you got to get that but backwards it, building. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, but let's just say that it's going to be a lot bigger than I initially expected. So awesome. It's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna cover a ton of things about podcasting, not just not just the logic stuff. Cause that was originally my plan, you know, do do a course about logic, do a course about GarageBand. It's like, no, do a course about how to make how to how to have a successful podcast, how to be a great podcaster, and then include the logic stuff in there because I think you know I think logic is the best audio editing program for editing podcasts. So so yeah. But back to the courses thing. <laughs> an epiphany I had talking to you the other day is if you're, if you're podcasting, you're doing yourself a disservice if you aren't repurposing your content 
into other mediums like video screencasts and blog posts and show notes. And I think on the flip side of that, if you're doing video screencasts and blog posts, you're missing out on a large audience by not changing, turning some of that stuff into podcasts, into the audio form for people like me who are more likely to go subscribe to a feed. Even if you're just reading your blog posts, I will subscribe to a feed and listen to that instead of reading your blog posts. Because that's, that's how I learn best. That's how I retain knowledge. Yeah, and you're certainly not the only one. There's tons of people out there who specifically would much rather listen to a podcast than read a blog. And, you know, I'm the opposite where if it's like, oh, good, you have show notes. I'm just going to read that instead. Uh, um, but like to like you said, repurposing the content for all those people, if you don't, then you're, you're missing out on those listeners and they're missing out on what you have to, to teach them. So yeah. it's, I mean, it's a lose lose. Everybody loses. <laughs> and we, I don't, I don't like losing. No, I don't, I don't think anybody does. <laughs> if you do, then I don't know. I'd like to meet you. That would be a good conversation to have. It, I, mm. <laughs> okay. You know, perspective so changing maybe. <laughs> this is great, man. Let's, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Yes. Um, so for a recap, in the end, what you need to do is focus on what your what will help your audience be successful and what will deliver what your audience wants or needs, you know, whatever that is. And your audience is made up of people who learn best in different ways. Therefore, the best way to help everyone is to make different types of content that speak to their individual learning styles. Make podcasts for auditory learners, screencasts and videos for visual learners, and workshops, physical books, and interactive courses for kinesthetic learners. Do you have anything you want to add to that, man? Um, no, I think we covered everything. Awesome. Well, Garrett, where can people go if they want to find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Garrett Mickley. My name is spelled G-A-R-R-E-T-T-M-I-C-K-L-E-Y. Um, or you can just go to learntolearn.club. Learntolearn.club. Yep, and listen to my podcast. And then definitely go to thepodcastdude.com forward slash 34 we're on that is that is right cool and i'm sure he'll have links for all of that for you in there i will because i will my name is hard to spell nah it's not, you know, a lot of r's a lot of t's <laughs> so many too many maybe and if <laughs> if people want to help out this show uh there's a couple of different ways you can do that go first go subscribe in itunes if you haven't done that yet shame on you uh <laughs> i'm just kidding go go leave me a review the com slash itunes that helps other people find the show uh, it makes me happy i you know, I get a, what is it, a dopamine burst Yep. whenever whenever I see someone leave a new review. So I greatly appreciate it. And and I actually, I really enjoy reading them online, uh, online, on air. So if you do that, I will probably read it. If it's a positive review, yeah, even if it's a negative review, <laughs> if it's fair, if it's fair. Yeah. Somebody, um, somebody left, somebody from the UK, I don't know if he's still listening, but they left a review a while back that was like, I like this show, but Aaron, he kind of... It seems like sometimes he doesn't have a lot of structure and he uses a lot of terms that I don't really understand. And I was thinking, well, okay, yeah, that's true. <laughs> At my early episodes especially, I was trying, I think I was trying to cover too much and I was getting my, you know, getting my feet wet and uh, getting my style down. So I, I take fair criticism. That's all I'm saying. It's fine. Tell a friend about the show. Follow me on Twitter at the podcast, dude. All great ways to help the show. Join the Sean West community. Oh, yeah. It'd be cool like Garrett Mickley here. Garrett. Dude, I what do you think? Of, I, what do you think about it, man? I cannot say enough great things about the community. And this is, you know, like you can talk about the community all you want, but the community kind of pays your bills. 
I'm paying for the community. So I am, you know, straight up giving you a, a review of someone who's spending money to be there. Uh-huh. I have made back that. I made back that money in the first month. I mean, the everything that I have learned in the last seven or eight months I've been there has just been amazing. And especially for um, if if you're like me and you're a kinesthetic learner, being in the live chat during the the shows is what helps live shows. Me. Yeah, the live the live podcasting because these are every day. These are live every day. And uh, those of you who are listening later, you just have to listen to it. And you can send him questions on Twitter. Or you can send them questions on email or, you know, whatever. But if you're in the community, you just ask a question right there in the live chat. And the conversations that are in there really help solidify what I'm listening to in my mind and help me remember things and better sort out what I need to do when I listen to, um, you know, Aaron say, you should be doing this with your podcast. Or when Sean says, for marketing, you need to be doing this. Those things they would just, they mostly kind of bounce around a little bit when I just listen to podcasts, but having the conversation with people really, really helps me figure out exactly what I as an individual need to do with the advice that they're giving. That's, that's an awesome recommendation, man. And that was so, so cool for me to hear when you told me that yesterday, I never even considered that it's, it never even crossed my mind that somebody might get more out of the chat or out of show notes than, than the audio side of things. Yeah, I definitely do. So it's a cool place. We'd love to have you there. SeanWest.com slash community. Good stuff. Am I forgetting anything? I don't think so. I think that's, I think that about does it. So we got a couple of questions, I think, yeah. to talk about. Uh, well, I don't know. We kind of, we answered them. There was, um, but, there was one. Raphael's question. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up and then we'll jump into that question. I'll let you start it. Awesome. So Garrett, thanks again for coming on the show today, man. Thanks let's, for uh, me. let's, Let's hit the outro music, and then we're going to answer a question from Raphael, I think. Awesome. So, so you're going you're gonna to do the show notes for this one, right? Me? You yes. have the show notes. Okay, you got me, dude. <laughs> Why would I do the work when you've already done it? I don't know if the listeners know that I do that. Oh. let you jump in with that man wait before before winston do you need us to do the show over oh winston <laughs> missed the show we, we got to do it again man all right well i got i got time okay cool <laughs> what, hey. just only, only because it's winston i mean if it was if it was someone else i don't know jump in with what you said uh earlier Raphael. okay so, so Raphael asked the question about whether you should be sending people to specific links for certain things. So like, for example, if you were doing a show about EQ or you were doing a show and you're talking about EQ, you could say, hey, go to the podcastdude.com forward slash 34 where my show notes are for this episode. And you can see a video that I did talking about 
or showing you exactly what I'm talking about here so that you can get more of a visual look at what I'm describing instead of just having to go off of the audio. Um, I'm sure you could find probably a better way to word that, but off the top (laughs) of my head, you know, that was a, you just basically, he asked whether it was good to send people to your website or not for, for visual things, but still talk about it in the podcast, even though you're sending someone to the website. And I would say, I think that you, I'm, you should be encouraged to do that. That's definitely something you should do um, because you're, you're helping touch on all the bases. Plus you're sending people to your website, which is always a good thing. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I've, I've done that before. I've, I've said, you know, I can talk so much about EQ and compression and and limiting and all that kind of stuff, but you really got to see this. So, and, and what I do then is I make a note to say, okay, I need to do a a short screencast or video about this before this episode, episode publishes. So then I can go link to it. So, you know, set up a, set up a YouTube account, start screencasting, post them to YouTube and then link to them in your show notes. This is really, really important because the last thing, and I, I'm embarrassed to say that it's happened to me before. I've said, okay, guys, um, you need to know about this thing, but I can't talk about it in a way that will be useful to you. So you need to go watch a video. Uh, first example that comes to mind is the expander plugin. The expander plugin is really useful for removing background noise, but I haven't done a tutorial on it. I haven't done a screencast on it and I should. So what I have to do when I talk about it is I got to go send them to someone else's YouTube page. Somebody else is getting my listeners. I'm sending them there because I haven't taken the time to make a short tutorial about it. Oh, no, that's terrible. It's it's not the end of the world. There's a lot of things, <laughs> no. man. I mean, There's you're, you're helping somebody else, so there is a positive to it, but you definitely want to send people to your own stuff as much as you can. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and it's great. And there are tons of people out there that are teaching amazing things that I may not be that interested in, in teaching about right now. But right. yeah, do that. Try try to infuse as many different types of content, you know, into your show notes. As you, what am I trying to say here, Garrett? Like, okay, if you're doing a podcast, do show notes. Yes, blog post. Write out as much as you can. Make it make sense for someone if they weren't listening to the audio. Do a screencast link to it. Make a make a PDF download for people. You know, like a, a top ten list or, or something. Or a worksheet, you know, say, go download this and fill it out. That helps so many different people. Make a video, go back and, and read your content like Sean McCabe does. For Sean West TV, he's talked about tons of stuff on the podcast. He grabs a topic and he does a five or ten episode, five or ten, a five or ten minute video on it and posts that to YouTube. People love that. Yeah. Oh, they're great. So the more, the more of that kind of stuff you can do, the better off you'll be. Yeah, definitely. And... Another plus to this is that if you are looking forward to someday writing a book and or making a course or something, all this is going to be practice for that. So I I don't, you know, if you've never made a course before, it's, you know, it's, it's tough. It's a lot of work and you'll learn things. If the first time you're doing it, you'll learn things halfway through that'll make you either wish you could go back and redo some of the videos or actually go back and redo some of the videos because you'll think like, oh, I wish I'd have known that on the first video, but I'm on the 10th now. Now I've got to go right. back and fix all this stuff. Or you just have to power through it and not do it and, you know, better luck next time or something. But that that kind of stuff is, uh, it's practice to for that. And you'll, you'll figure this stuff out so that when you do make a course or write a book or something, you're going to, you're going to be ahead of yourself because you'll already know exactly what you need to do. Yep. I love it, man. All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up? 
No, man, I'm good. This was a really fun. I'm really honored and really excited to have gotten to do this. Dude, this was this was really good. And I, I, I will definitely say that you're going to come back on at some point. Oh, I can't wait. Awesome. Well, thanks again, dude. And thank you, everyone in the chat for listening. I hope you all yeah. have an excellent rest of the day. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for the questions. Thanks for the everybody that was exciting. Corey said, I'm very pleasant to listen to. That's awesome. Yes. That's the best compliment I think I could possibly receive. So thank you. Yeah, Corey. and now I'm over here thinking like, what what am I doing wrong right now? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just kidding, Corey. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a I realize something. I, I'm a I'm a people pleaser. Like, it really really bums me out when I come across someone and they're like, I just don't really like the way you are. I'm like, but I oh, yeah. I want to be your friend so much. Like, it yeah, really dude. hurts it's, me, dude. It's it's the ENFP. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's got to be because I'm the same way. I'm the same way. It's like I, I like I won't. I won't go out of my way to please people, but I get really bummed when people aren't my friends. Like I just want to be everybody's friend, you know, like that's, yeah. I just, I just want to be everybody's friend. I don't know. I don't think that's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and of course I'm, I'm the guy that always needs constant reassurance and oh, like affirmation sure. and uh, yeah. personalities. There's good and bad things about it. Okay. Everybody yeah. have an excellent week, Garrett. Thank you again. This was, uh, thank this you. was a ton of fun for me. And yeah. uh, hopefully we'll do it again sooner rather than later. Yeah, definitely. Just let me know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh. All right. Talk to y'all later. <laughs> that was oh so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry. No, that I... was me. That was all me. You did great.